the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. She certainly is, and she's off tonight, but back very, very soon, taking a much needed day of rest. Everybody has to have one, including talk show hosts. So that's. Uh, we we hope she's enjoying her day at the beach and uh, back with us very, very soon. This is Brian Maloney filling in. You've heard me as a guest and occasional fill-in host for her many times before over the past, I think, five or six years now here on The Answer San Diego. Uh, and we're taking your calls as well. I don't know if you heard the first hour. hope you didn't miss it. But we have been getting into the causes, why the White House is basically intentionally destroying your retirement. I mean, they're destroying your investments as part of a strategy to hang on to their seats in November. one 1170 1-888-344-1170. And also coming up this hour, we're going to have a guest uh, in about, I think, 10 minutes or so, Michael Schwartz of San Diego, uh, San Diego County Gun Owners Pack. He's going to talk about county supervisors suing gun manufacturers. And we're going to find out what's going on there. So that's coming up in the next segment of this hour. So we're here for one more hour, and uh, we sure would love to have you here for all of it because we're going to pack this thing. Yeah, so we've been talking about the sell-off in stocks. And how bad this is becoming and how this is essentially an intentional way to keep the Democrats in power in November by jacking up interest rates very quickly now in the hope that it would tame inflation and take that issue off the top of the list of, of concerns that the American people have right now, because it, I mean, inflation, uh, Brad, do you think they're waiting on time, that to try and make it to where that's, kind of hitting right around election time so that people yeah. really don't have to think about it too much. Yeah. So if they can just get prices tamed uh, by, you know, September or so, then this issue will be off the front burner and they can get into something else. And what they're trying to do in the meantime is distract us with, you know, this or that from the J six committee or whatever. And it's not resonating. None of this strategy is working. Because jacking up interest rates right now is not addressing the issues that are causing inflation. In some of the past economic crises that we've had, raising interest rates would have tamed inflation. But the causes of this inflation cycle are different. They have to do with logistics, supplies, I mean, a whole bunch of unusual issues that we have had in the aftermath of COVID also coming from the fact that as soon as COVID came around, the government, the Fed just started throwing money at everybody, uh, which was an idea that basically came from AOC, came from the Federal Reserve, came from a lot of bureaucrats in Washington. That's just, and they called it helicopter money. They've been floating this idea for years. It's something that they dusted off 
when uh, Corona started. And, it's, you know, we're just going to hand people money and that's going to stimulate the economy. Well, it did for a while. It creates bubbles out there. It's a misallocation of capital. Money's just floating around out there, flying around. Uh, and then it goes into weird places. Uh, and a lot, you know, one of the weird places it went was into crypto, cryptocurrencies and these NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which, you know, if, if I knew how to explain it to you, I would. I'm sure, I'm sure more than one listener understands what they're about. I've read into them extensively. I still can't make heads or tails of those. But some of them were selling for millions of dollars. They're like little digital pieces of art connected to the cryptocurrency blockchain. And they were, some were going for millions. Virtual art. I mean, so what happens, we start throwing money at people. It goes into weird places because people don't know what to do with it. If you've given, you know, some people took huge PPP loans uh, and then they don't know what to do with the money. They, they don't spend it where it's supposed to go, of course. Uh, and then it ends up going into, into bizarre things. And now we're seeing the cryptocurrency space blow up because there are no more suckers essentially to keep fueling this pumping these bubbles. Uh, there are no, and some of these crazy, what were called meme stocks uh, that were just, basically going up every single day because kids were reading about it on Reddit uh, on that website uh, and then buying the stocks because their friends were buying these stocks. I don't know if you have kids in college. Uh, my son's in college. I asked him, you know, are you, what are you guys in the frat? What are they talking about? Oh, you know, they're, they're trading stock tips. This is what they were doing for about a year, year and a half. They were all sitting there uh, on their phones trading stocks all day, especially when school was out because of COVID. So that's how we got into these messes. So raising interest rates now, I don't think it's going to tame inflation. I think this inflation is here to stay for a long, long time because all the, everything that's underlying it hasn't changed or improved or won't, especially when the federal government is doing everything they can to restrict the supply of oil. The strategic oil releases aren't helping at all, but what they're doing is making sure there's no supply. So without energy I and mean, with all the things that we would need to bring prices back down, not there because the federal government is hostile toward taking any of those actions, what will change? So at best, they're hoping maybe we can tame inflation for a little bit, save our shirts, but we're going to sacrifice the stock market because when you start raising interest rates rapidly, stocks collapse. That's why your 401k is being decimated. This is not an accident. This is by design. This is, this is an intentional process by the White House to destroy you financially so that they can stay in power in November. It won't work for them, but it sure is succeeding in destroying you and destroying all of us in the meantime. So that I hope that helps. I'm not giving investment advice on this show. You know, every night we look, well, what are the stock futures look like? Oh, looks like tomorrow's going to be an update based on the futures. That's what I'm seeing right this second. But we saw that last night, too. We saw that almost every single night. Every single night before we had one of these cat uh, catastrophic sell-offs. The overnight futures look very, very positive. It looks like trading's going to be great tomorrow. We got that right now. Maybe stocks will be up tomorrow. I mean, you have to have some bounces. You don't just go straight down every single day. But when you get one of those bounces, what happens? What we've been seeing now since November is every time we have one of these bounces, it's met with selling because people are like, oh, I can get out at a slightly better price, you know, before it resumes falling again. That's 
the trap that we're all in right now. And the end of this, the bottom of this, is probably, you know, again, not financial advice, but the bottom of this is probably a lot lower when you have the White House intentionally doing this. This is on purpose. Everything going on right now is on purpose. Ask them why. And ask them why there's still 22% or whatever that want to vote for all this again. I want to know, you know, now I know what their mindset is. I, some of it, well, it's Putin's fault or, or the other thing is all of this inflation. Have you heard this? Have you heard this, Noah? All of this inflation and high gas prices and blah, blah, blah is worth it if it stops Putin because it's hurting Putin. I have heard this, and that is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not hurting Putin at all. The Russian no, not at all. is stronger than it was before the war started by, by a lot. I mean, there's very limited damage to Russia's economy. I mean, it, they've had to make some, so they don't have McDonald's anymore. They had to change the name of McDonald's. So what? There has been some economic damage here and there, but it's very limited. You know, they're having trouble getting some parts here and there or whatever. But being cut off from America just brought Russia closer to China, closer to India, closer to Africa. They're stronger now more than ever. I would, you know, fear to say it, but it's true. It brought Russia closer to all the areas of the world that are growing versus being close to America and Western Europe, which is shrinking and in terminal decline. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. We are not the growing part of the world. We're the shrinking part of the world. You know, we're the declining part of the world. Uh, so, I mean, in the end, I mean, that's the thing. All this, well, you know, all this suffering is hurting food. No, 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 no. In Moscow, they are laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, and they're selling their oil. There are plenty of, I mean, India loves to buy Russian oil at a discount. China loves to do the same. They're happy to keep trading. Many African countries do not see the Latin American countries, too. Many Latin American countries do not. Ha- they don't really care about Ukraine. They don't care. To them, it's just like, you know, we're not going to do this just because uh, Germany and the United States and Brussels, European Union are telling us to do something. NATO is telling us to do something. Doesn't mean we're going to do it. So, I mean, that's, that's the situation that we're in. The arrogance of Washington and Brussels and a few other places on these issues, the idea that some suffering in the United States will hurt Putin and hurt Russia is, is profoundly, it's just foolish, but you can't talk to any of these people. They have these things uh, made up in their minds. They, they will not listen to you. Uh, and that's, you know, I don't even try. I'm sure you don't try. I mean, I, you know, these people, I used to avoid political discussions entirely with, with many, many people, you know, unless I'm hosting Andrea's show and out in public, out and about, I don't even talk about politics anymore because it's pointless with people. It really is. One eight 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 three four four eleven seventy one triple eight three four four eleven seventy. So what we have coming up, we've got a guest who's going to be talking about uh, San Diego County supervisors suing gun manufacturers, uh, and that is going to be really really interesting to talk about. We're also going to talk about a column written by Ann Coulter, who has been the star for a really really long time. I've been trying to figure out where she's coming from, because on the one hand, I mean, so she's attacking Trump. And I've been, sometimes she makes some good points. The problem is, is I can't figure out what her agenda is. Did she get turned down for a job in the White House? I don't know what happened, but the vitriol, I mean, the name calling. So we're going to delve into some of this. I mean, I think there's a broader issue because normally I just ignore Ann Coulter these days, but I think there's something bigger going on. There's an attempt to create a civil war on the right. And this is by pitting 
supporters of Trump against supporters of DeSantis. So we're going to talk about that. Get your thoughts about it as well. one 1170 But I'm also going to raise uh, another point about it, and that is maybe there's a third path to the presidential nomination, uh, you know, coming up in two years that we're not thinking about. This goes an entirely different way, so we're going to get into that. So, so very much more coming up in the next 45 minutes of the Andrea K. Show. I'm The Answer San Diego. Do stay tuned. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. All right, so the San Diego County Board of Supervisors is suing gun manufacturers. And we're going to talk to, in just a second here, a guest who uh, knows a lot about this. This is the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on The Answer San Diego. We'll be able to take your calls as well as we talk to our guest, Michael Schwartz, coming up here in just a second, one 1170 one And coming up later in the hour, plenty more to talk about, including that Ann Coulter piece attacking Trump and also Trump's demands for equal time uh, over election fraud issues on television. There's a story on Newsmax. We're going to get into that coming up later. So right now, though, we have Michael Schwartz, executive director of San Diego County Gun Owners PAC, uh, who is with us to bring us up to speed on this issue, which I hadn't heard really anything about so far. Uh, so, Michael, welcome to the Andrea K. Show and the Answer San Diego. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting that what they did is they. Uh, so they're going to have the sheriff's department give a report to the county council. The county council is the county's attorney and the attorney is going to, or attorneys are, they're going to evaluate and see if, uh, if, if they can sue a gun manufacturer um, because a, a criminal committed a crime with a firearm that they manufactured, which is of course, absolutely ludicrous. And then at the last minute, um, Nathan Fletcher actually added, not just gun manufacturers, but gun distributors and gun shops. So they're actually a danger as well of, of being sued. And, you know, the important thing about this, it's completely ridiculous, but the important thing to know about this, it, it's not a real effort to, you know, get something done or, or do something for public safety. What, what they're trying to do is bankrupt gun manufacturers, gun shops, or at the very least scare them out uh, of the civilian market so they, so they won't sell. Okay, but so Michael Schwartz, let me ask you, is there a particular incident in San Diego County that triggered the this call for lawsuits? I mean, what are they using as justification? Did they just pull this out of their, you know, what or what? I mean, what's going on here? Good question. So back in the 90s, it, it was actually there's case law and there's a federal law that, that, that says you can't, and, you know, it's not just gun uh, manufacturers it's anybody you can't sue you know ford or, or general motors for drunk drivers um now you can sue a gun manufacturer if they make a faulty product if they make a product that they know is is dangerous for the user you know or something like that but you can't sue a manufacturer because someone uses their product illegally 
Um, it's completely ridiculous. And what the, the catalyst for all this was the decision out of Texas. There was an abortion Supreme Court uh, decision, basically, uh, that they're saying is similar, but it really is apples and oranges. It had to do with abortion clinics and holding them uh, responsible for, uh, for, for breaking abortion laws, which is really not the same thing. It's not even apples and oranges. It's like apples and mashed potatoes. It's totally different. I don't understand the connection there. Uh, you and me both, but you know, really, what happened is they uh, they lost the case, they lost the lawsuit, and uh, Gavin Newsom was one of the first that that I heard uh, saying, "All right, well, we're going to use this against uh, things that we don't like," and immediately uh, went after gun owners. But I, I, there's no comparison. You can't compare the idea of a manufacturer making a self defense tool, selling it legally, um, someone uh, you know purchasing it legally. Um, or a criminal stealing it illegally and then using this self-defense tool illegally in the commission of a crime, you can't compare that to my understanding of the abortion uh, ruling in, uh, in Texas is that if somebody breaks an abortion law, then they have to be held uh, you know, liable for it. I, it's just it's the same thing. It's nowhere near the same thing. But to have this at the local level, so what, I mean, I would assume that the San Diego County Board of Supervisors would have to vote on this. Uh, so what is the current ideological makeup of the Board of Supervisors? I mean, what are the chances of something like this passing? Or are you saying that it was just referred to their legal counsel and that, that the lawsuit would be filed there and there's no vote? Well, they passed on Monday, three to two. There are three people on the Board of Supervisors that are you know, militantly anti-gun, Nathan Fletcher, uh, Raymer, uh, uh, Raymer, and, uh, oh, geez, the uh, third name just fell out of my head. And then, uh, Jim Desmond and Joel Anderson both voted against it. Um, okay. so it, it's passed. It's, uh, it's as good as passed, unfortunately. And then, like I said, at the very last second, Nathan Fletcher added not just gun manufacturers, but gun shops and gun distributors as well. But then by bringing in gun shops and gun distributors, though, it seems like taking on an awful lot, you're biting off maybe more than you could chew. I would think there would be a lot of pushback from attorneys for gun shop owners, distributors, et cetera. If you're not just going after the manufacturers, I mean, you're going to have a lot of lawyers up against you, um, you know, so how smart is this? So it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And I believe what they're trying to accomplish is a PR move. So Nathan and, and Raymer, uh, you know, they, they trotted this thing out. They, you know, did a press conference and they went and did the rounds in media and they got it passed. Um, and then, you know, it, it may or may not actually be used. And if it is used, it's going to get struck down in court. And then what are they going to be able to do? They're going to be able to just blame it on the courts. Well, we tried. You know, it's but they're using our there. taxpayer dollars for these suits. I mean, that's what I hate about these things. Is, you know, they, they take your money, our money, and spend it. Uh, and then when they lose the suit, the problem is, though, what points are scored when you ultimately, because I think somewhere along the line, they will lose this. Yeah, well, they don't care. I mean, they absolutely, I mean they, they've proven time and time again, they, they don't care about our tax money. I mean, they have no problem wasting tax money. I really, truly believe this is all a big PR stunt. Um, you know, I don't believe that they sincerely think that this will, you know, uh, survive a, a court case. But, you know, if, if they've been getting more and more extreme 
you know, every month, it seems like. So it wouldn't surprise me if they really, truly believe that this thing holds water. But legally, so I, I can't is, find anybody that truly believes it does. Yeah, so Michael Schwartz, let me ask you, what is the San Diego County Gun Owners Pack doing about this, and how can listeners get involved? So that's an excellent question. We're doing a couple of things. First off is educating. Um, we were on, uh, you know, media and, and, you know, your radio show and, and trying to tell everybody as, as, as plainly worded as we can why this is bad, why it's wrong, why it's important to pay attention to. The other thing is, you know, the, one of the people that, that champion this is Nathan Fletcher, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher. We've endorsed his opponent, Amy Reichardt. You've got to vote for Amy. Uh, and the other thing is become a member of San Diego County Gunners. Help us continue to fight the good fight here. We, we can be effective if we all band together and, uh, you know, and fight back. But those are the three main things that we're doing in order to get this thing re- resolved. Yeah, well, why don't you give us your website address? Sure. We are talking to attorneys as well. Um, I, I don't want to disclose exactly what we are looking into legal action. Let's just put it that way. Oh, no, but I mean, I'm just trying to get listeners involved. Do you have a website that they can go to to read more about this and help you out? Sure. Go to SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com. 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 Okay. I'll I'll make sure that we put that up on on the website as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michael Schwartz, for this update on this. And hopefully when Andrea's back, she can get updates from you on where we're at here. So, uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. Michael Schwartz, Executive Director, San Diego County Gun Owners Pack, on this bizarre uh, move to sue not only gun manufacturers at the county level, but also uh, gun shops and gun distributors. So they're taking this to a new level. Much more ahead as we continue the Andrea K Show and the Answer San Diego. one 344 1170 for your reaction to any of this. One triple eight three four four eleven seventy. As we continue, is there a fake civil right on the war? Uh, excuse me, civil war on the right. Getting my words backwards there. Being pushed by certain groups, and what is their agenda? Stay tuned. So much more ahead. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Who is Ray Epps? Yeah. I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of well, people who are understandably very concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, fed, 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 fed. Ms. Sanborn, was Ray Epps a fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day. The next day. On January 6th. Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? (laughs) 
Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so that that was Ted Cruz. I know Ted Cruz, a Texas Republican, uh, trying to get answers about one of the more mysterious, the most mysterious figures of January 6th was this guy, Ray Epps. Who did he really work for? Who did he represent? Why did he seem to be orchestrating events and getting people, uh, usher, you know, moving people, hey, go this way or do that? Or, well, who was this guy? And then why did he disappear from the FBI's wanted list shortly after attention was brought to existence on social media by people who said, you know, this guy's suspicious. Does he work for the feds? We don't have answers. Even Senator Cruz can't get an answer. This is the Andrea K. Show with Brian Maloney filling in tonight on the Answers San Diego. one 1170 And I understand we have a caller from Winchester, California, uh, and it's it, the name, uh, tell me, Noah, it is Walter. Walter, welcome to the Answer San Diego. Hello. Andrea K. Show. Hello, how you doing? Good, good. Hi. Yeah, I got one question for you. Why can't we put a, 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 a uh, initiative forward that would allow the citizenry to sue these irresponsible politicians, Democrat or Republican, to sue them for their office, for their money, if they, if they dare to do anything that violates their oath of office to fidelity to the Constitution? We're not trying to remove them from office. But we can sue them for their property because they came in and they lied about their intentions. Well, some of them lie, and then some of them are right out in your face saying, "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna destroy your life." And people vote for them anyway. I mean, we're in weird times at this point. And one of the things our guest was telling us there, uh, we're getting some weird sounds there. But um, Mike, Michael Schwartz, our guest there a few minutes ago, was telling us is that there's a key uh, race in San Diego County for the Board of Supervisors in November where you can remove one of these uh, and instead of a three to two majority working against you, you can have a three to two majority working for you. So that, I mean, you know, I know we're not crazy about the elections with the integrity issues that we've had, but you've still got to get out there and fight for candidates that are running for office. Uh, and so but I appreciate that, Walter. Thank you so much for posing that question. It's a very, very good one. Yeah, good question. For, yes. Thank you for checking in from Winchester. So, all right, so what we're going to talk about as we continue here um, is this column. So there's a column by Ann Coulter, who I know you roll your eyes because we've been wondering about her for a while. But she raises a few good points, but then the problem is she starts name-calling, and then we wonder what her agenda is. She's taking information that's coming from this J6 committee, uh, and you know, some of it is, is interesting, and I think Trump should have to respond to some of it. However, what she's not addressing is why the J6 committee is now moving into areas that have nothing to do with uh, the events of January 6, 2021. So that this is what we knew would happen from the beginning. These things inevitably become fishing expeditions where they move into areas that they they are not so yeah because they have like this open ended mandate to just look into whatever they want and that's the problem that's why these become partisan uh, you know absurdities that lose credibility with the majority of American people and that's why we've seen very very low ratings for this 
charade that they've been putting on so far. They're not getting the numbers. They're not getting the support because people are, I'm looking for baby formula. I don't care about January 6th. But there's a small group of people on the left that are going to just keep pushing this and pushing this forever. It's not going to work. So we're going to get into the specifics of that in a minute. And we have time to take one or two more of your calls, one 344-1170. As we continue the Andrea K show on The Answer San Diego, don't miss any of it. Oh. <laughs> We're still here. We're still here. <laughs> Five more minutes. I sworn we needed a break there, buddy. <laughs> if you'd like a break, well, we can take one, but it would be early. Well, okay. All right. Well, this, this is what happens when the fill-in is, is, is working the show, and Andrea would have known where the break was right there. So anyway, I was intrigued in the story, and I was just, uh, oh, I was like, I want more from what Ann Coulter is talking Why don't we just keep talking? All right. So let's get into this. I, I'm ha- fine by me. I'm thrilled. Uh, so. So here's this call. So Ann Coulter is now on Substack, which is a place that a lot of writers are going to to publish their work, which is actually a good, good place. There's a lot of good content by different authors or whatever. And as I've been saying here, I ordinarily kind of just ignore Ann Coulter because she's kind of washed up has been. And the problem is, is that whenever she talks about Trump, there's so much vitriol. There's so many personal insults that the feeling that I get is that there's something we don't know that must have gone on because she must have been turned down for a job or slighted at some event. There has to be some backstory to all this. But at the same time, you know, there are a few good points in here that are worth considering because I do think Trump needs to answer some questions. So, so but she's also, and I think this is why Ann Coulter has become so incredibly ineffective uh, she's sort of a never Trump or sort of a not quite. Um, she's sort of it's really hard to figure out what she is now, except somebody who made her career. And there are people on both the right and the left who do this, who are just bomb throwers. Ann Coulter's career has been about bomb throwing. You know, I'm going to throw out the most shocking thing I can and get your attention and then get you talking about it. It used to work for her really well. Now it rarely does. But her column is called Dinesh's Stupid Movie and the Grift Goes On. Dinesh's stupid movie. I mean, how constructive is that? So I know that, you know, we're talking about the 2000 Mules movie, right? That some, some of you have seen. She thinks it's stupid. Um, she, but that's the problem. It's always about stupid this or stupid that. Now, she does go into specific points that she wants to make where she thinks that Dinesh D'Souza is wrong in his movie about ballot drop-offs and laws, and et cetera. And that's really a second topic here that's not as important to me if she wants to nitpick Dinesh's movie I don't I don't care that much but uh so where might she be right in some of this and so you go to ancoulter.substack.com to see this and it's under Dinesh's stupid movie and I just I don't think it's a very nice thing you know Dinesh D'Souza who I have kind of mixed views about anyway as a person uh, but, you know, he went to a lot of time and trouble making this movie, and it took a lot of money that had to be raised, a lot of work went into this, just say it was a stupid movie. It's just not very nice. I mean, I don't think she likes her books being called stupid or whatever. But the bottom line here is she's correct in one thing, and it's something that I've been saying for a long time. I've said it on the show with Andrea many times before, and this is what I tweeted to Ann Coulter yesterday. It is possible to both 
believe two things, two things. One, that the election and many other elections that have been stolen in this country, that election integrity really does not exist. There is fraud running rampant that, by the way, polls show the overwhelming majority of Americans agree with that statement. Including uh, Democrats. I mean, it's been tested. Rasmussen has tested it. Uh, three or four different polls, they've tested it with different groups, and they find this across the board, across ethnicities, age groups. Um, this is a very popular sentiment that elections are stolen. It's a, across political parties, too, Brian. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. It's just that when Democrats say elections are stolen, it's okay. When Republicans say elections are stolen, they should be thrown in jail. That's the, that's the difference. Now, so, but where she's right is that you can believe point number one that I just made. That, uh, that election and many others have been stolen. And point number two, and that is that the Trump re-election campaign of 2020 was very, very unfocused. And this is the same issue that we've been talking about on this show tonight, trying to get Republicans to focus on some issues between now and November because they're not really projecting any kind of message. They're not really saying what they're going to do or what they well, want. Especially to when do. you're mirroring it, Brian, to the campaign of 2016, which was laser focused. I mean, that thing, exactly. well, you knew where it was going. Well, right. And that's the thing. Trump was elected in 2016 because he provided a very clear, distinct alternative to what Hillary Clinton was selling. Hillary Clinton was selling more of the same elitism. More of the same, you know, the, the people that are in charge are going to stay in charge because they are the whatever, the holier than now, the Davos crowd and their private jets. They deserve to run the world by some kind of mandate of whatever. I don't know what. Um, and that's what she was telling. That's why she lost. Trump was saying, bring the power back to the people uh, in America first. 2016 had a message. And that Trump of 2016 was very, very in touch with the people something that was lost by 2020. The Trump of 2020 was no longer in touch. Uh, I don't think that campaign that summer, and I was screaming on Twitter all that summer, what is going on with the Trump campaign? I think he Where was listening too much to the wrong people. He was listening to the wrong people. He was listening to the Paul Ryan Fox network, you know, the wrong people running Fox. Now he was listening to Kevin McCarthy. He was listening to people who veered him off course and got him away from the core issues that got him elected the first time. So he ran for re-election with a muddled message, and it cost him a lot of support. What Ann Coulter is saying is the only demographic that Trump lost in 2020 compared to 2016 was white men. Trump lost ground with white men and not with other groups. Uh, and the reason is, and she's right about this, is that he lost focus on the issues that matter to white men. It's a very, very interesting take that I haven't seen people really talk about very much. So, yeah, I haven't really thing, heard much about that. But, but you, because you, you always hear about the opposite, where okay, he just needed certain aspects of the minority vote in order to get reelected, and he did that, not thinking about what he actually lost. Well, and that's that's it. So, you know, what has happened for Republicans and Trump both? is the Republican Party is steadily gaining support from Hispanics, from African-Americans, from Asian-Americans. Different groups are flocking to the GOP. And the base of the Democratic Party now, it really is white females uh, above about 40. Uh, that's, the ba- that's the main base you know, of, of the Democrats at this point. So in a moment, I'm going to get into another point where 
and culture is right about something. You know, and I'm, I'm not crazy about Ann culture these days at all, but I'm just going to give her a concede a couple points, even though I hate her attitude here. I really do. We're going to get your thoughts, last second thoughts, one triple eight three four four eleven seventy. As we continue the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney on the Answer San Diego. Andrea K, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. All right, so we've been getting into some of these points that are being made about the J6 hearings and how it's turned into a fishing expedition. But at the same time, by the way, this is the Andrea K show with Brian Maloney filling in on the, on the answer San Diego down to our final segment here tonight. And Andrea back very, very, very soon. She just has the night off. Uh, we've been talking about how, uh, what, so, so essentially what, um, let's see here. So what, what she is saying excuse me, is that, um, so she, she has this column called Dinesh's Stupid Movie, which I just don't think is very nice at all. But where she makes a good point is that a lot of money was raised around the Stop the Steal campaign in November 2020. $250 million was raised by, I thought the RNC, I didn't know any of this went to Trump himself. So this committee has supposedly found that a Trump-affiliated group paid Kimberly Guilfoyle $60,000 to give a two-minute speech on January 6th, introducing her fiancé, Don Jr. And I don't see how this has anything to do with riots. Or I mean, this remember, where was all this going on? Not, not where there was an, a group of people going into the Capitol. That's not what was going on. So, but the bottom line here is that what it does point to is an issue that we've had for a while. Uh, so $200,000 of this $250 million that was raised, $200,000 went to Trump hotels. $1 million was given to a political group run by several of his former staff members, including Stephen Miller. $5 million went to Event Strategies, Inc., which ran the January 6th rally that preceded the Capitol, uh, whatever you want to call it. But remember, those were two different locations. But it is fair to ask about where this money goes. Why would Kimberly Guilfoyle be paid $60,000 to introduce, you know, her boyfriend, Donald Trump Jr., in a speech that was two to three minutes long on that day? So that's the kind of thing. I think you can be a Trump supporter and say, you know, why are we stuck with the family? Because I think that the weak links with Trump have always been, number one, the bad hires been a lot of bad hires. Uh, and number two, the family package. You know, you can't just get Trump. You have to get Ivanka, right? You have to get Jared Kirshner, and they're terrible. I mean, first of all, they're both on the left, and they did nothing but undermine him the entire length of his presidency. But then you have, you know, people that are kind of hangers-on, like Kimberly Guilfoyle, who, who, as you know, used to be associated with Gavin Newsom, as you may recall. Kimberly Guilfoyle has kind of jumped from one, you know, one person to the next in politics and power uh, on her own personal climb to the top. We've seen this for a really, really long time. Why are we stuck with these people? So she makes some good points there, but there's a, a broader issue here. 
There's an attempt right now to pit and create a civil war on the right by the left, by Democrats. This is what they're trying to do right now before November's election and going into the presidential election in two years. And that is to create two camps, and that is a supposed Trump camp and a supposed DeSantis camp, and pit the two groups against each other and create a very destructive civil war that then allows Democrats to keep their seats and not lose power and whatever they decide to run in two years for president. I have no idea what that will be. I don't think it's either of the two that right now. Uh, whatever, you know, that, that will be victorious by getting the right fighting with one another. I just don't know if it's going to work. But I was saying earlier, what if there's a third? What if there is another Republican? Because I still don't think Trump is even going to run again. I've been saying in two years. What do you think about Ron DeSantis? That's what I'm hoping for. Ron DeSantis, you know, I have some concerns about DeSantis as well, but I think he's the stronger of the two. But I think also could be in a situation where, uh, I don't know if you remember, but around 2015, there was consensus on the right and from Republicans that former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker was going to be the guy to beat in 2016. He was going to be the presidential contender that nobody could touch. And he went out there and campaigned. He was the rock star, and he was terrible on the campaign trail. I mean, terrible. He was a disaster. I went and saw him speak at an event, a small fundraising event. Uh, And I was just there as part of the media. I didn't pay any money. And he was awful. He just came across. So what I'm saying is DeSantis might look like the chosen front runner right now. He may end up being the nominee. Who knows? But it's really early. Perhaps there's a third path here where a different Republican, I don't know who it is, comes through and kind of emerges through all this and ends up. We could have a total surprise on our hands. And I still, I'm telling you right now, I still don't think Trump runs. Uh, I don't think he's going to go through all this again. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he wants to face the prospect of potentially losing, even though polls say he could win and probably could win uh, with the way this is going right now. But does he want to go through this again? And I've been saying for a long time, I don't think that he does. So, so why do you think he keeps um, teasing it out then? Like it, it, it's, it's clear, like it, he seems like he's made a decision, and, but he doesn't really come forth and say it. Well, that's it. This is why exactly that I don't believe that he will run again. It is, it's always this, well, you know, Trump's about to announce his reelection effort, you know. We keep seeing these about once a week, and there's always some figure on the right or whatever with some tweet saying, oh, Trump's really making plans, you know, and we see that over and over. It's like, well, if he was really running again, we wouldn't have 50 updates on that. He would simply be running again. We wouldn't have, oh, it really looks like Trump will run. Why are you trying to convince us that he'll run again? Either he's running or he's not. And what it tells me is that he has not made up his mind or he has known all along that he will not run and, I mean, if I were him, I would just want to be kind of a leader of the America First movement or whatever. I'd stand in our logo and anoint, you know, a lot more fun. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.